This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Welcome to Friday. Love Friday. Love Friday. Start of the weekend, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, no, it's not. It's hospital again, isn't it? Oh, never mind. doesn't matter. Who cares? It's Friday. That's the, that's the good thing about it. The final gadget giveaway of the week. And it's a real doozy. T- is it doozy? T- I don't know. Whatever. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Prince Royal Princess Diana back in the papers again. Uh, so, suppose you can really say anything, can't you, about her now? She's not here to defend herself, so you can say anything you like. Uh, the man with more than £60 million in the bank, separated from the first wife, is now going to wed the stable girl. That's a good mate match, isn't it? And, uh, and Derek Acora. He's been banned from driving. Naughty old Derek. Never saw that one coming, did you? All of that and more with me, Steve Allen, on LBC. Does anybody know on an Apple iPhone how you stop the blasted screen turning round? You know the uh, the bit that it's all of a sudden it revolves and it goes to a different thing. You can you can turn that off, can't you? So it, I don't want it revolving, but I don't know where it is on the phone. I don't know if it's in. Is it? Sorry. You, 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 the producer can help. Can you, you have one of these phones? Well, they used to have one. That's right. Then you lost it, of course. A bit careless. And so how, how do you actually turn off the... I, I don't want it to revolve ever again. So we go into settings. Play along at home. This is always well worth it. <laughs> he doesn't know, actually, either. He's, going to, he's now going to find out. He's going to type it in on the computer and cheat. I thought you knew off the top of your head. Dear me, honestly. How to turn off... Oh, it's called auto... Rotate is it drives me crackers. It really do- you're there thinking stop auto rotating, uh, which is uh, very naughty. Uh, so tap in CC. What's it? I don't know what it's talking about here. Anyway, swipe up from the bottom of the screen, then press the orientation lock. Swipe up. Well, it doesn't. All right, it doesn't swipe up for the- it. Doesn't. There isn't an orientation lock. I don't think. Where's orientation lock? Can't find it at all. Well, I found a torch. Bit interesting, isn't it? First thing in the morning. What's orientation? Look, I wonder if that's it. Is that... No, that's a starter. Oh, God, I don't know. Anyway, we, we haven't managed it. If anybody comes up with it, please let me know on 84850stevenlbc.co.uk. So, Diana makes the news. The helicopter crash is slightly spooky. I might tell you about that one a little bit later on, why I think it's a little bit spooky. Uh, they still can't find this Malaysian plane. I mean, this really is turning into the... The joke of all jokes. It's almost it's it's because it's gone beyond a joke because nobody's got any answers for where this thing has gone to. It's ridiculous. And uh, and then there's a, a picture in one of the papers today of a uh, footballer and a girl who's quite clearly wearing sort of Dobbin's hair on her head. But I did laugh yesterday. I have to laugh and I have to watch it because finally yesterday she got her comeuppance in the only way is Essex. Yes, fat Gemma. And gay boy in the village, whatever his name is, the two uglies, I'm afraid, uh, quite clearly, nasty pieces of work. Now, I understand the fact, and you have to go along with me, that the people are real, but the stories are made up for your entertainment. Uh, the language, uh, I think, is language they would use all the time, because it's, it's just disgusting. Gemma Collins has got the mouth of a cesspit. Really, really disgusting. And her and little gay boy Bobby had been a little bit... Uh, remiss in offering advice to one girl whose boyfriend, it was alleged, had cheated. And then it turned out that he hadn't cheated, but it didn't stop Bobby and nasty fat Gemma from uh, from stirring it. And so the boy concerned, whose name I think is... 
Well, I'm not sure now. He could be called Locke. I don't know. They all have very odd names. And all of the girls have got stupid names, fake hair, and uh, and mouths mouths like cesspits. Not not unsimilar to Gemma Collins, but she is the worst. At one point, she threatened one of the girls here, don't mug me off, she goes. And I'm watching Gemma Collins thinking, you really are vile, aren't you? You're a really nasty little piece of work. And uh, little Bobby, who somebody should have laid out, frankly. It would have been so much easier. Get him out of the programme. Get him out of the programme. He's now beginning to annoy me. Nasty Frank. The horrible man. I mean, he's another nasty little piece of work. I don't know what he does for a living. Whatever it is, you wouldn't trust him within a 500-mile radius of of Brentwood, I'm afraid. And so they then confront fat Gemma and gay boy Bobby. Gemma then goes, she come in my shop, she's mugging me off. Don't you pick on me, I can sort you out and all this. I thought, no, you can sit on somebody, dear. The rest of the time, you can't. You're a pathetic waste of space. And uh, and then she threw a drink over, over Lockie. He was saying, do not speak to my girlfriend like that again. You know, I don't want... And then it got bad. And then little Bobby tried to sort of justify it. And in the end, poor fat Gemma had to waddle off into the sunset. Because he he called... I mean, really, I've never heard language like it. I've really... I've really never heard language like it. He called her a fat... The S word. And shit, because... I mean, which I thought was a bit unfair... Because she is fat, and uh, but but she she isn't the other thing. She's just she's just nasty with a foul mouth, and and I was sort of thinking, you know, she's 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 horrible. She's just not a nice person, and she can't find anybody. But they're all they're all a bit. One of the girls seems to be sleeping with half the cast. What's going on down there? It's all very well. Swipe up from the bottom and press the little padlock button on the top row. Wait a minute. We're not going to get this right. It but it kills me. I promise you, because the producer was useless. And the little padlock button. I don't have a little padlock button. Where's the padlock button? Padlock. Oh, there. Oh, I see. Oh, right. Padlock button. Oh, right. It's it's got lock on. So that so that shouldn't mean it turns around. Well, it does turn around, and I don't like it. So perhaps. So wait a minute. So that's that's off. On. All right. I'll I'll see whether that works. I'll see whether if, if, if that works, I'm going to send you a million pounds. I'm not, of course. And you'll have to prove it was your one that came in to, uh, to remind me to do it. Anyway, uh, one of my favourite films on the television, which was uh, film four. I've never seen it, but recording it to watch over the weekend. What is this one here? It's uh, I've been to Turbo. Oh, is this the Went the Day Well? Everybody loves that film, don't they? It's a great film, Gary. Great film. One of my favourites. Because there's a lot of old actors and actresses that you'll remember from the from the early days. And I'll tell you what I'm getting into at the moment, because I really like it. I really, really like it. It's Heartbeat. I really like Heartbeat. I, lo- I love the policeman in it. I love everything about it. And I suddenly thought, as I was watching a bit of it yesterday, I thought, because it was a lovely day, beautiful day, and I thought to myself, do you know, we're not making this stuff anymore. Why are we not making it? Where is, you know, Hetty Wainthrop Investigates? Where is Stephen Fry in More of Kingdom? So we can, you know, enjoy that that programme. Because they were all brilliant. I've, I've had to buy them all on DVD. It's beginning to turn out to be quite an expensive hobby. But I do like them. I mean, just listening to the theme music from Kingdom is enough to put a smile on my face. And it's in Norfolk, which kind of makes the news as well today. Mohammed has told me about the auto lock. Thank you very much indeed. Looks like a padlock, mate. Thank you. He sent it from Faz's phone. He'll be thrilled, won't he? He'll be thrilled. Actually, talk of being thrilled. There's somebody who, who won the the uh, the lovely prize yesterday, and we've sat up in the office, and I've decided there is no way I'm going to insult this person and try and pronounce their surname, because I can't. 
I can't. I've tried, and I don't want to make a hash of it, so I might just have to do the first name. And this is uh, the person who won the Chromebook laptop yesterday. I've got a great prize for you today. I mean, it really is a very, very good prize. So I'll tell you about that in a second. We will go through the papers. We do take all your texts and emails. uh, And we will... I mean, I was amazed the other day. Were you not amazed that Sir David Frost, uh, Charles turns up and everything else? I mean, was was he that well known? I suppose he was, actually, really. And uh, Karina was there. And uh, two of their three sons, Miles and Wilfred, all sorts of people were there. Michael Parkinson and um, Annie Watsit from the um, the Weakest Link. She was there, looking a little bit older. I thought didn't like to say that at the time, but she was definitely looking a little bit older. Um, and then there's a, a great picture in a lot of the papers today of a man who has painted himself to look like a parrot, and you have to look at it twice to realise that it really is a man painted to look like a parrot. Clive Goodman is the uh, royal editor, the defunct tabloid, News of the World's royal editor, and he said uh, Diana wanted an ally to take on Charles, so she gave him a book with all the, all the secret numbers in it, which I thought was quite interesting. If it's true, if it's true, it's very, very interesting. I didn't know they had these secret number books. I want that. What do you think's in there? Mind you, the little black books I want to see. I want to see... Barbara Windsor and Scott's little black book. And I want to see uh, Biggins's black book. Biggins's would, would make the most... In- because he would have all the private numbers, mobile and home, of everybody. I mean, just about... Well, I'm in it. I mean, just about everybody in the entire... Wherever he goes, uh, he knows somebody. So if he's doing Panto in Southampton, he will know people down there who have got a house that he will stay in while, while the Panto's on. And we went down there and stayed some, some years ago which is very interesting, because wherever he goes in the country, he knows people. He just knows everybody. I was always amazed. We, we bumped into him in New York once, uh, over there for... I can't remember what we were over there for. Anyway, bumped into him. He said... He said uh, we chatted and all the rest. He said, I've, I've got to go, he said, because I'm, I'm meeting Liza Minnelli. I said, oh, right. And it turns out... Cause you have to try and work out with Biggins where the link is with him and Liza Minnelli. And it turns out that one of her husbands used to room with Biggins when he was in London years ago, so they kept kept friends. And Biggins tells the story that, courtesy of Liza Minnelli, he gets to sit at a table in Hollywood with Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra has this table, and Biggins is one of the guests on it. So it <laughs> doesn't really get any better than that, does it? doesn't get any better. Uh, Louis Walsh, according to uh, old Nelly Sean... who does get it wrong so many times... Uh, ..says he had no intention of leaving The X Factor last year... Surprise, surprise, he used it for PR for the show. He said, I will never quit. They have to have somebody like me with experience. He's absolutely right. No matter what Cheryl... Everything that is said about the X Factor that emanates from the... uh, Because you're worth it. It's because you're not worth it, love. That's the trouble. Anything, just take it with a pinch of salt. It's done for publicity purposes. That's the only reason. That's the only reason. Every three minutes in London, somebody gets mugged or, um, or pickpocketed. Every three minutes in London. It's unbelievable, isn't it? 17% in bars and pubs. And that's so easy. And the reason it's so easy is because people put their bags down on the floor. Girls used to dance around the handbags like a bit of a powwow, you know, on the Indian Reservation. And somebody just kicks the bag to one side. And then once they've kicked it, they kick it to the back. And then somebody else picks it up straight onto their coat, into the toilet, take out the uh, the wallet and the phone and everything else you need, and then just dump the phone in the, in the cubicle. 
happens all the time in London bars and pubs. It's like leaving your phone sitting on the table. I wouldn't even dream of leaving my phone sitting on a table having a cup of coffee in London. It's just way too dangerous. Way too dangerous. Uh, let's be dangerous now. 4.15. Steve Allen on LBC. Well, I talked to Terry Gilliam yesterday. He's got a new film out, uh, which is, like all of Terry Gilliam's films, you need to see it twice. Because there's so much going on. It's about a man looking for the answer to the meaning of life. And it's it's a budget film, done in Bucharest. You'd never know it was a budget film. A very precarious set, but some really, some amazing actors in there, some Oscar-winning actors in there. Matt Damon's in it, and um, who else was it? Christoph Weiss as well was in it. Uh, and there's a, there's a new lad in there who, he's got a famous father, but I'll, I'll let him tell you the story when we, when we transmit the interview next week. But I, I dreaded doing the interview. Because you know when somebody makes what I call, you know, really, he, he's, he's not a mainstream director or producer or writer by any stretch of the imagination. He's, he's doing, you know, really, really clever stuff. And I think it was when he did the film Brazil back in the 80s. That was the film that was his, that was his turning point. That was the one that people went, you've really got to look out for this man because he's going to turn out some great films. And he, and he has turned out some great films. And, of course, he's also part of Monty Python. So we thought he was British, but, of course, he isn't. And he's American, and he used to write for Mad Magazine. He's done loads of things. And the Monty Python team are getting back together, as you know, to do a few little shows. And the reason that they're doing the few little shows is that they had a slight problem with Spamalot. It turned out they had to pay more royalties to somebody they thought, so it was a drain on their finances. So they then came up with this idea, whether it was one of them, whether it was Eric Idle, I've got no idea, of doing a Python show. So they announced it at a press conference. They hadn't, they hadn't really thought it through at all. They just thought we will do this thing. So they have a press conference. We're going to do the Python shows. The first one sold out in 46 seconds. 46 seconds. So they then put a... They, they did have space to put another one on. They've now got 10 shows. 10 shows. <laughs> and I said, so, so do you actually have a script yet? He said, no. He said, it's being done as I speak. And he's got loads of things, loads of things on the go as, as Terry Gilliam. And he said, we will rehearse it the week before we open. That way you, you don't learn it and then leave it for a few months and then you go on and do it. So he, they're, they're doing it so they keep it nice and fresh. And I said, but what about the fact that Graham Chapman, of course, isn't alive anymore? And he said, well... We're all going to be taking different parts. He said, I'm going to be playing some of the parts that Michael Palin played. And according to Terry Gilliam, he said the funniest Python was without doubt Michael Palin. And I think that that was that was almost a universal thought. So I, I can't wait to see the shows. And well, I say I can't wait. I don't have a ticket. I cannot get a ticket for love nor money. But it doesn't matter. And I'm sure they'll they'll bring it out on DVD and it'll do very well. But as I say, to sell out that quickly and then end up with ten shows. But it's a very interesting interview. But halfway through the interview, I said to him, I said, I was dreading doing this interview. He said, why? I said, because of the films that you make. I said, I thought, you know, you wouldn't be accessible to somebody like me. Well, of course, that's actually quite a, quite a, quite a good thing to, to have. Because then people warm to you as an interview because they feel a bit sorry for you. <laughs> and it always works for me. It's, it's, it's what I call part of my backup defences. If I'm, I mean, and we're having a great chat, but I thought he, he is, he's, he's way above my head because what goes on in his head is not the same as in, in my head. 
So we were, we were chatting away, and I said, you know, I was really dreading it. And he said, oh, he said, but I'm not like that at all. He said, that's the misconception about me. He said that I'm, I'm too sort of, you know, up me own what's it and all the rest of it. He said, and it's not like that. I said, no. I said, now I realise. I said, I, I get it completely. I said, but I do think that you have to see your films twice to actually see everything that's in there, because there's lots of little bits. He doesn't watch them again. He watches them during editing. He said, then I'll leave them. He said, then a few years later, I might go back to it and go, oh, it really was good, wasn't it? But it's, it's a very interesting chat. This weekend, though, it's the fabulous Ruby Wax and the fabulous Brian Connolly, who will be my guest for In Conversation. We'll have a couple of clips a little bit later on. Got into trouble, actually. Might as well tell you now. I'll tell you the story. I do. I'm not proud. Uh, Ruby Wax halfway through because she's, she's very honest. And she said, can I swear? And so I went, yeah. So she does. Not, 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 a, not a foot word or anything like that. I thought it was a kind of an accepted sort of word. I thought you, re- you, you, in theory, could have got away with it. You hear worse on EastEnders, but, or certainly on The Only Way is Essex. And so she, she, she does this word, and the producer, Lucy, said, she, she said, I laughed. She said, because I thought that you just sort of, she'd said, can I swear? And, she said, and you, you weren't listening, and you just gone, oh, yeah, that's okay. I said, no, I was doing it. I said, I just didn't want to hold the interview up and go, well, it depends what you're going to say. So I always go, yes, because then I think we can cut it out afterwards. And so they then listened to it. They decided it had, had to be cut out. And uh, one of the management said, uh, I'll, I'll wind him up. I'll have a go at him about, you know, letting people swear on an interview. <laughs> It was funny. She said she laughed. And Brian Connolly, very funny as well. Very funny. So that's for this weekend. About an hour's time, we'll play you some clips of our two in-conversation guests. I'm trying to negotiate at the moment to get the Muppets in. Because I think Steve meets Kermie and Miss Piggy could be quite funny for uh, for 20 minutes or so. Not say you. And uh, also, I'll tell you we've got next week. Not sure how I'm going to play this one. Sam Bailey's coming in. And I'm not sure how I'm going to play it, because I was the one that said last week that, you know, getting pregnant as you're launching a pop career is not the best thing. She thinks differently, so we're, we might be, there could be a good argument going on here on this one. So that'll be interesting for next week. And, uh, and we've got dates back in for Adamant as well. So that's quite good. So it's, it's, all, it's all going terribly well, you know, terribly well. Kevin the Milkman says, little black books. I'd love to have Russell Brown's little black book. For an obnoxious, ugly git, he could certainly pull some of the most stunning women. He said, and by the way, your 40th <coughs> birthday card went in the post box yesterday, so you should have it by Monday. I'm deliberately not opening cards that are coming in. I'm deli- a, a, because it fill, fills out the pigeonhole, looks really impressive to everybody else. And, uh, and B, because then I can do them on, on Monday on the programme. I can't believe I'm working on my birthday. I can't believe I'm working on my birthday. But it doesn't matter. You know, when you hit 40, it's OK, isn't it? Today, hospital, so we've had to do a little sample in a little plastic tube and uh, get blood test results and everything else. That'll be quite nice. And if the weather's good today, I'm definitely getting a haircut. I'm definitely going to put best foot forward. I might even go and get the car washed. Lunch tomorrow and then my brother's taking me somewhere secret on Sunday. Can't imagine where it's going to be. We'll find it. Uh, Another lovely little film says D. Under the Clock uh, with Judy Garland, non-singing and Robert Walker. Is this this like a Meet Me in St. Louis kind of well, you know, it can't because there's no singing in it. I'll check that one under the clock. Uh, Steve, the only way Essex is supposed to be based on real events in their lives with a bit of fiction thrown in for fun. No, they do say the events are, are enhanced, I think. I can't remember what the exact line is. But you're right, Gemma needs anger management. She, I didn't even know she had a shop. The fat bird's got a shop. I don't know why. What, and then she said to this girl, and then she swears, get out of my effing shop. And I'm thinking, you know, what's the matter with you? 
we know you're fat and ugly, and you know you're hanging around with the ugly little Bob. Because, but you know, Bob, because I've always got your back, and I'm looking out for. She talks like a like a three year old, most pathetic person on television. He's not much better either. Uh, Doug in Edinburgh. I'm not going to do it. Um, says another thing which annoys me on a phone is predictive text or productive text, as I call it. How the devil did you switch that off? Yes, does anybody know how you switch off predictive text? I'm so good asking you. You don't know anything, do you? You're useless, you are. I've come to the conclusion the other day. I asked him about, we were, we were doing something for the free podcast, and I mentioned a name, and he, he switches off from there. So we're sitting in this little room where he's practically on my lap. Not my choice, I have to tell you. And um, sometimes he just jumps on there and goes, I love you, I love you, I love you, and I go, get off. You're not in show business. And so I asked him a question about somebody, and he stared blankly. I said, you don't know, do you? And he went, No. Well, don't pretend you know. You know, at least at least be honest about it. If you don't know, I mean, if somebody says to me, do you know the answer to this? I'll always, I'll always bluff it through. I remember bluffing it through years ago with a story I can't tell you because it's too rude on air. But I, I did bluff something. Somebody asked me if I did something and I said no. And they went, I know you did. I went, I didn't. I really didn't. But I think that we give something away, don't we? I think if, if we actually fib, it's like one, one, of the, one of the team was telling me that he was nearly picked up on a train the other day, which was a bit exciting. But he wasn't really that bothered. You know, this, this sort of person... You could always... T- I mean, nobody's ever chatted me up on a train. Nobody's ever chatted me on a train. I've, I've sat on trains for, for hours. Hours. Nobody has ever said, can I come and sit next to you and chat you? It just doesn't happen. He comes down on the train and, and gets chatted up. Ridiculous, isn't it? Although I did sit on the train yesterday. You know, we sit in first class... On, on local... Don't be embarrassed. I'm not going to name you or tell people where you were coming back from or the name of the train or the person who was chatting you up. I'm not going to do that. There's no point in embarrassing you. You'll dig your own grave when the time is right. And so I'm sitting on first class. This woman sits down. She goes, is this train going to Richmond? I said, yes. And so she sits down and she goes, oh, first class. I said, no, you can stay there. And you could tell she didn't believe me. It's like, he's going to get me into trouble. And, and then the guard came on and said, this is a... A standard seat train. I think they could... What? What's the matter? A standard seat... Am I facing the right way? What? What's happening? The standard seat train. So, if, so first class, he said, if you want a bit of luxury... Well, don't tell them. We don't want other people... We don't want common people going in there. And then all of a sudden, somebody common turned up with a bag and everything. Started eating food in first class. And was on their phone. <gasps> Dreadful, I mean, honestly. I mean, there are certain standards, ladies and gentlemen, that one needs to uphold. 84850, Steve, at lbc.co.uk. We shall put everything on the programme. Why? Because we're just like that, I think. Uh, the, I was going to do the weather, but I'll save it, because I think, I think, judging by Rupert Barty's face, it's actually nice, isn't it? It's going to be a nice, sunny day today. Is it, um, is it mixed? Oh, for goodness sake. Oh, that's ridiculous. I can't, so I can't even offer you a... Wait a minute, let me just have a quick check. What did he write? He said, oh, here we go, the thick fog. We had the thick fog yesterday. That was bad. That was very, very bad. And then some sunshine this afternoon, dull all day. Oh, blimey. I thought we were, we were promised sunshine and it was going to be nice. But uh, not. Currently six degrees. The high is 15 today, which is better than yesterday. And then tonight, dry and quite cloudy. Tomorrow, cloudy to start. Long sunny spells, dry and feeling warm in the sun, breezy at times. And Sunday, dry with good spells of warm sunshine. Monday, cloudy. And then Tuesday, rain. It's not very promising, is it? Don't like that kind of thing. We like it. We like it when it's sort of, it's sort of nice, you know, out there. Coming up, the word that teachers have been told to stop using. Can you, can you guess what it is yet? <laughs> Well, actually, maybe not. Uh, LBC News Time. It's 4.30.
And with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning. You'd like that pause there. I like that. That's sort of, that's, that's sort of cultured, I think. That means something in the business. Is the government justified in refusing to give an across-the-board pay rise to NHS staff? How much should we be paying our health workers? Plus, is 14 weeks in jail a sufficient sentence for microwaving the cat? This was the story that I brought you first on LBC about the, uh, the lowlife uh, who puts her cat in the microwave because it was annoying the fish in the goldfish bowl. I mean, to be honest with you, I think hanging too good, too good for her. Nick Dubois, Conservative MP for Enfield North, will be live in the studio later on. So uh, we look forward to seeing him later. Uh, the intro in Metro is Dominic Cooper, man who liked my shoes. Liked my shoes. Uh, yesterday on the Gadget giveaway, uh, Damandus from Abbey Wood. Because we can't do the surname, we've decided we can't do the surname. There's no point in embarrassing myself. But uh, Demandus from Abbey Wood correctly identified that computer says, no, I'm not even going to try. No, I'm not. It's, I'll just embarrass myself. And it makes me look a lesser person. So I'm not. already upset myself once this morning. Uh, so computer says no is a catchphrase from Little Britain. I didn't know that. I thought it was catchphrase. <laughs> How stupid was I? Or, or family fortunes. No, from Little Britain. Anyway, uh, Damundus got himself a fabulous Chromebook laptop. Fantastic. Today, what have I got for you, ladies and gentlemen? I've only got an iPad mini, an Apple iPad mini, with retina display. We like the retina display. The latest in Apple's line of tablets, and is by far the most popular product of its kind available. So one person will win the Apple iPad mini with retina display by answering this question correctly. In which TV programme would you hear the catchphrase, It's good night from me... And it's good night from him. Which TV programme would you hear that? It's good night from me, and it's good night from him. To enter this competition, text the word gadget, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850. So, gadget, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. The text will cost you pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Good luck for the Apple iPad Mini with Retina display. Fantastic. And um, I went to Gemma Collins' shop in the summer. She cuddled my baby. Don't let her touch the children. Don't let her anywhere near them. It's not nice. She runs a clothes shop. It's a bit, they're all very little, tiny, pokey clothes shops. And of course, as per usual, never anybody in there. The poor old Fahir's sister spent most of their time dreaming up new wheezes to obviously get customers in there, but it just doesn't work. Uh, I do agree, says Tanya, that uh, Brian Connolly is extremely funny. When he did Septic Peg, I nearly wet myself. Uh, to turn off predictive text, <coughs> hit options when in creator text mode, and then language options come up, then hit predict, uh, predictive off. OK, shall I repeat that again for you? So... You hit options when in creator text mode, then language options come up, then hit predictive off. Job done. Simples. Can't do it, doesn't, it? doesn't make a difference. So anyway, so here is here is little Derek Acora, or as I prefer to call him, well, what rubbish are you going to spout today, pal? Yes, Derek Acora, a little bit of a red-faced man. And I wasn't sure if that's an indication of high blood pressure, or he enjoys a bevy. But anyway, uh, he's been banned from driving. He was also hit with a fine. He pleaded guilty to driving without due care and attention and failing to provide a breath sample following a crash in December. 
The 64-year-old from Southport had been seen taking a roundabout at high speed. He then veered off the carriageway and into another car, whose female driver suffered whiplash, cuts and bruises. His car was... Her car was written off in the collision. So, I mean, he's not exactly doing 20 miles an hour, as if you're writing a car off. And she's now anxious about driving. Probably terrified. Uh, he failed a breath test at the scene but refused to give a further sample at the police station. In other words, he'd had a drinky poos. He'd had quite a few drinky poos by the sound of it. He was fined £1,000, £100 victim surcharge, £85 cost, and he's now been banned from driving for two years. His driving on that day, said the head of the Crown Prosecution Service, said his driving on that day on that day could have caused serious injuries. Failing to give a breath sample is also a serious offence. He's received a substantial fine and a driving ban, which should send a strong message. Well, I'm glad we've taken him off the road. Too bloody dangerous. I mean, wrote her car off. So he failed the breath test at the roadside, but then they always go back to the station and go, you know, would you like to do another one here? In case, and he obviously wasn't going to risk it. He wasn't going to risk it at all. That's, you know, people like him are just a, a menace. He's a menace just being on my television, I'm afraid. Uh, thick fog in Essex, says Lee. Not deterring the psychos who must speed. I never understand why people want to speed in fog. It's far too dangerous. It really is. I mean, way, 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 way too dangerous. Harry Styles had to be rescued from the side of the road after his motorbike packed in. Didn't know any paparazzi there. Did he take out an injunction against two paparazzi? There's nothing worse, Harry, than, you know, sort of the paparazzi following you to being the paparazzi don't follow you anymore, love. God, what are you going to do without that? You've sort of lived with them for so long now, haven't you? rest of the group hardly get any coverage, but he gets loads of coverage. Loads of coverage. Um, there's a question of the paper date. How many people have you slept with? This is after Lindsay Lohan apparently uh, did a list of about 36 people in Hollywood, some married and some not married, who, um, who she'd had uh, relations with. Also a picture of Yoko Ono which is very odd, cracking a joke with a photographer. She launches her half-a-wind show at the Guggenheim Bilbao Museum in Spain. She turned 81 last month. I always thought she was as crackers as anything. <laughs> always thought she was as... She keeps John Lennon's glasses, doesn't she, in the flat? I think in the, uh, in the apartment block where they live. I think she keeps the glasses still spattered with his uh, blood from that night. She's 81, though, now. I've heard a couple of interviews, but they are a bit strange. They are a little bit strange. I'm not sure whether perhaps I would want to do an interview with her. Yes, of course I would. Yes, of course I'd want to do an interview with her. I'd want to do an interview with most people. As long as they've got a story to tell, then uh, I'm, I'm up for it. I'm up for it. You know, they've got, a, they've, they've got a bit of string two words together. So you're never going to be finding anybody like Gemma Collins or, um, or poor old Jordan on my programme. It's as simple as that. Uh, here's a picture of Terry Gilliam. An old hippie. Andrew Castle called him an old hippie the other day. An old hippie. And, of course, the only thing that uh, Terry Gilliam's got is a ponytail at the back now. But such an interesting man. Such an interesting man. 84850, uh, Ian in Luton. God, they, they call it um, London Luton Airport, don't they? And yet people get off there. They go, oh, so we're in London. They go, no, you're in Luton. And they go, well, how far away is London? Blooming miles, blooming miles. Coach trip, I'm afraid. But anyway, they went to Bryce Norton, to the Memorial Garden for the repatriation of Sapper Adam Morley. A good turnout. 600 people, including many older retired soldiers. Another sad loss of life. Interesting, isn't it, that the uh, old... There was a guy sitting in a cafe in Twickenham the other day, and he had... He was talking about Bomber Command for some... I sort of caught half the conversation as I went, went past... 
Because I like to eavesdrop on people's conversations. I'm, fa- I'm fairly good at that. I like listening to what people are saying. And then sometimes people eavesdrop on my conversations. <laughs> and my conversations aren't half as interesting as everybody else's. Like you, says Ken... I have an appointment at the hospital today. Since last night, I've been fasting in preparation for my CT scan. Lunch this afternoon seems a long way off. Hope all yours goes well. Yes, I mean, I'm hoping that I can convince them to give me this injection. We'll have to, we'll have to wait and see, I'm afraid. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, I've got all the, uh, all the paperwork and I'm, I'm all ready. And it's luckily not till four o'clock, so that's, that's great. Looking forward to the new weekend lineup, says uh, Scott in Feltham. Yes. And Steve Allen back on a Sunday news slot. Yes, it's going to be in conversation between five and six in the morning, repeated at nine o'clock at night for all those people who go, it's too early. But a lot of people do get up for work, obviously, on a Sunday morning. And, uh, and then it's Steve Allen between six and eight before the, uh, before the new breakfast show on LBC with Stig and Kay. And then it's Andrew Pierce, of course, on Saturday's breakfast. That's not this weekend. It starts next weekend. Uh, Noreen says, many congratulations to Paul Savory. He's got engaged. Really? Actually, I was asking about Paul Savory the other day. And, uh, and she says, a really lovely man. I think everybody who's met him through you will be very happy for him. Yes, I think so. He's moving as well. He's moving. I think he was moving to, um, to Brighton. I think he's found a very nice place. Very nice place down in Brighton, overlooking the sea, to spend his twilight years there. I think that's quite nice. Actually, you can take John Warrington. John Warrington can have Twilight. Actually, John Warrington does go down to Brighton a lot. And Janice, Twickenham Lights, Magic Circle and Mermaid Veteran. And Susan, good luck in their walk for charity on Sunday. I noted that at Sir David Frost Memorial, Prince Andrew, Beatrice and Sarah Ferguson turned up. Oh, God, really? How lovely. Here they are, the family from hell. <laughs> Luckily, I mean, you get Beatrice, you can get Eugenie. I mean, we don't actually know. I don't know what Sarah Ferguson does for a living now. Does anybody know? Does anybody have any rough idea or even what, what Prince Andrew does? Does anybody know these things? I hate to be out of the loop, I'm afraid. Anne in Bromley says, many happy returns for your 60th. What, 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 where did you get this from? 60. Says, get your freedom. Pu- what are you talking about, woman? 40. 40. Coming up. 39 and a bit. Monday, 40. OK. And if anybody says any differently, they're in big, big trouble. Uh, another one here. Uh, this is, uh, from somebody saying, at least we've sorted out your phone. Why is it you know so little about phones? I'm useless. Everybody has to tell me things to do on the telephone. I can't do it because I'm not, I'm not clever enough, I'm afraid. Front page of the uh, Mirror today. This is Diana. Royal phone numbers, uh, she leaked. Apparently she gave, uh, a little book with all the private numbers in to Clive Goodman. Now, I, mean, I don't know whether that's true or not. I've got no idea. But I'm assuming that all the royal family have got... I mean, because there must be a series of numbers. They have their own telephone exchange at Buckingham Palace, don't they? They'd have to have for the amount of calls that must come in going, can you put me through to the kitchen? Hold on. One ringy-dingy. Two ringy-dingy. And then they ring... They, they can pass you on because there's, enough, I think, 700 rooms or something. And so you would have to... Uh, you'd have to make sure that people can get in contact. I know, I know that when the, when the Queen Mother used to phone, they would, an, an equerry would say, um, the Queen Mother would like to know if, um, if the Queen is available for a conversation. You can't just pick up the phone and go, so what sort of morning are you having? Or are you watching this morning? Or have you just seen Jeremy Kyle? There were some truly dreadful people on it. They have to phone up and make an appointment because they're very, very busy. Now, do you remember we told you about Michelle Rue Jr., who has left the BBC uh, because the BBC refused to allow him to advertise potatoes, because he does cooking. 
and he wanted to advertise potatoes, and yet they happily allow Gary Lineker to advertise his uh, products, and they don't say anything at all. Now it turns out that Greg Wallace was allowed to advertise potatoes. Well, he's a cook on the television. You know, not particularly brilliant in business, but he's a cook on the television. And, um, interestingly enough, Michelle Rue, his co-presenter on MasterChef, The Professionals, quit the Beeb because he reportedly refused to end an endorsement deal with another spud range. But Greg enjoyed a lucrative arrangement in 2010 as the face of QV Foods' Inspire brand. His face was used all over the place. It's interestingly enough, I mean, it is so... It is so one-sided. They're so bent over this thing. I mean, how can they... You know, it's ridiculous. Apparently, an insider said it was BBC Two who put up the compromise and uh, Michelle Rue uh, snubbed it, adding that Greg had later been told to end his QV deal. I don't know what they're moaning about. There's product placement all over the BBC. All over. I could probably go through loads of programmes on the BBC where there is product placement... And you think, wait a minute, you better get your house in order. Better get your house in order, because at the moment, it's, it's just double standards. Ridiculous. Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Cars can be written off with somewhat light damage if the car is older. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, Derek, Derek, Cora, I had a drink, because he failed the breath test at the roadside. But then I think they give you the option at the station. I think I've seen it on these police camera action things where they sort of take back and they say, would you like to, to sit in on the, on the proper machine? And, and if you say no, then you don't, you don't have to do it for some reason. You kind of go with the first one. Coming up, I'll be revealing the nation's shopping basket. What have you been buying recently? Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's 12 minutes to five. Coming up, I'll be revealing the nation's shopping basket. But what is, what is the word? What is the word? Now, give all pupils an A. They, apparently, it is, it is counterproductive to say failure in class. So all children should start the year with an A grade and should never be told they have failed. This is according to a controversial, we love that word, controversial guide for teachers. Pupils should be awarded the top grade automatically and told to work to maintain it. Who says? The Royal Society of Arts. The charity claims teachers should harness the motivating power of loss aversion. All pupils should be given an A in a particular subject and it must continuously improve, they must, to keep it on there. I mean, I don't quite understand how that's going to work. Because, I mean, some people in class, as you probably gathered, by sort of the way some people can't spell and things like that, obviously are terminally dim. You know, I mean, you, you do see more and more spelling mistakes now. It's dreadful, really. People, people just can't spell anymore. And, uh, and sometimes they're actually adults, which is, which is also, you know, a little bit tragic that they manage to get all the way through schooling and they still can't spell. You know, I always think anybody who can't spell, and, and also, sp- I'm, I'm not talking about the spelling on the, on the text, on things like that, where they, they sort of abbreviate different words. It's not like that. It's not like CB speak or something. But this is actually people who genuinely can't spell because they're too stupid. Not good. Eric Cantona, two decades now, 20 years since his infamous kung fu attack on a fan. But he's lost none of that. He was sitting out in, uh, he's a married man, two, two children, French. Eric Cantona, and uh, and he's he's with this girl who's wearing somebody else's hair on her head, uh, who dresses very badly and a sort of the baseball cap. I don't know what she does for a living. She could be anything. Could be anything. But anyway, she left the scene after he was he was arrested, held by the uh, the police after punching a photographer, who obviously saw him when Eric Cantona 
mystery brunette take a picture of her. So they've got a big picture of her. Eric Canton obviously didn't like it, as as you can understand. I should imagine if you are followed by the by the police on a, on a regular basis, then you would you would really be fed up with it every time you set foot outside the house. There's another blooming photographer. You know, doesn't happen with uh, poor old Chantelle Houghton. She has to take her own photographer with her because she's that insecure. Uh, a star jockey. You remember this uh, story, don't you? This is uh, Ruby Walsh. That's a man, by the way. Is it a man, Ruby Walsh? Yeah. A Ruby's a man's name. I didn't know that Ruby was a man's name. Anyway, he's received death threats after he played down the death of a horse during a race. Ruby Walsh caused controversy by describing animals as replaceable after our Connor suffered a fatal fall on the first day of racing at the Cheltenham Festival. The event has since seen two further runners put down and been marred by debate about whether horse racing is cruel. I don't know. I've been to watch horse racing. It supports a lot of people, the royal family, are into horse racing. Not that that makes it any better or any different, but one Twitterer told the 34-year-old Irishman, I hope you get your skull crushed, while another said it was shame more jockeys aren't killed instead of horses. You always get people on Twitter, don't you, who write these things. You know, I mean, I would take that quite seriously. Somebody having a, a death threat, I would immediately go to the police. I mean, not the best thing. Not the best thing for him to have said. He's twice won the Grand National. He said, it's sad, but horses are animals. You can replace a horse, you can't replace a human being. And, I mean, in theory, he's obviously quite right. You can replace a horse, like you can replace a dog, like you can replace a cat. And, and horses have very little meaning, don't they? When, they? when they race them, sometimes horses... I mean, I always used to hate the Grand National when they used to fall at Beecher's Brook. And you think, oh, dear. And then you think, have they... Fo-? You know, sometimes the, the, the jockeys get everything. It's just, a, it's just lots of people falling in on each other. I'm afraid, and I, and I think it's it's truly sad. I don't think it, it it's helpful to just write them off and say, well, you know, we just replace it, it's a horse, isn't it? It's like the advert you've seen on the television recently for donkeys, and there are lots of donkeys. Donkeys are incredibly stubborn, um, and, and, they're, and they're quite nice, and we quite like donkeys, because I've, I've sort of grew up with donkeys in the next-door field to us, which was lovely, but they're stubborn little so-and-sos. <laughs> they don't hang around. They really don't. They know when they're working and they know when they're not working, but in some countries they treat them very badly. And so I always think it's nice at the end of an animal's life, like, like a donkey, that they're, they're allowed to run around in the fields and, and eat and, and just, just like be on permanent holiday, having given up a life of working, then all of a sudden... They uh, they should have something. It's like dogs, isn't it? You see dogs that have been abused, and all sorts of animals, and they they sort of take them to the Battersea Dogs Home or PDSA, wherever it happens to be, and they try and you know train them to be good with people again because they they probably lost a little bit of their faith, and they get hurt. A friend of mine, Michael, only only takes in rescue dogs. He doesn't take anything else that's pedigree or anything like that. He's going to take in a rescue dog and, you know, what they try and do in these places is make them so that they're a good dog. Sometimes they, they can't do it. Sometimes it's not possible to retrain a dog. But that's what they're doing. They're, they're trying to make the dog appreciate the fact that, you know, not everybody wants to abuse them. And that's, uh, and that's why it works. That's why it works. I like it, actually. But, uh, you know, to sort of dismiss horses, because they don't know, do they? They've, they've got no idea. They just, they just sort of get out there, somebody puts a saddle on them, and then they run, and if they make money for the owners, everybody's very happy about it, which is good. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Um, another one here. He says, uh, I shall post you something tomorrow. It's two of your favourite hobbies, and something you like talking about a lot. As for predictive text, I got this the other day, read it in the news, not sure if it would need to be modified for on air. 
Um, <laughs> um, I don't. I, can, I don't know. Five to five in the morning. Is this one going to go in? I'll, I'll let the producer read it, and then he he could sort of decide. I think it's quite funny, actually, and it's a classic example of of predict uh, a predictive text. But uh, the producer might might think differently about it. He's he's scanning it now as only he can, and then he'll come back and go, mm, probably not. Or yeah, you're going to go for it. That's okay. Is it happy with that? All the words are okay. All right. Okay. This is a man who got the following text from his neighbour. I'm so sorry, Bob. I've been riddled with guilt, and I have to confess, I've been tapping your wife day and night when you're not around. In fact, more than you, I'm not getting any at home, but that's no excuse. I can no longer live with my guilt, and I hope you will accept my sincerest apologies with my promise it won't happen again. The man, anguished and betrayed, went to his bedroom, grabbed his gun, and without a word shot his wife and killed her. A few moments later, a second text came in. Damn autocorrect. I mean, Wi-Fi, not wife. <laughs> See, I quite like that. I think that's quite funny. It's like, ooh, what have I done? What have I done? Uh, other pictures. Who is this? This is a, a nice picture. Oh, it's uh, women in their 50s are at their happiest. Yeah, right. All the ladies listening who are 50 at the moment going, oh, I don't think it's the happiest. I don't know. What, what is the happiest time of your life? When is the happiest time? Is there an age to be happy? I don't know whether or not there is an age to be happy. I don't know if there's an age to be sad or if there's an age that you start getting older and you start getting iller. You know, we all we all get some things. I mean, yesterday I was recording the uh, the podcast and my stomach decided to start playing up. And the producer looked at me like I was mad. I said, it's my stomach. It's my stomach. All right, you know, I don't know what goes on inside there. I have no knowledge of the human body at all, barring the fact that as long as I get up in the morning, I can walk. A friend of mine... He's, he used to play football. He had a football injury when he was about 15. And they didn't want to operate on his knee. They said, no, we won't, because you're still growing. So come back when you're 18. He went back when he was 18. And what's, ha- what's basically happening is his knee's seizing up. It's falling apart. It's literally falling apart. My brother had the same thing. where they put a camera in, and it's all crumbling. It's, it's just falling apart. So they put, have to put knees in. I suppose fake plastic knees. But uh, this friend of mine... Uh, they've said, you can have an operation to sort of make it better, but you'll need to be off work for three months. He said to me, I said, I can't afford to be off work for three months. That's ridiculous. What would you do? But he says, I do get up in the morning. I do get up in the morning. He said, and it takes about 15 minutes because my, my, my leg is locked. He said, and you have to sort of massage it to get yourself out of bed. Bit tough, isn't it? Uh, 84850, are your DVDs tax deductible? I don't think so, no. I don't think so. Definitely not. And uh, it says here, I have a, an Amazon Prime account, as it's faultless and very economical, as you uh, only know too well. And I bought Went the Day Well after your much favourable critique. What a film. It's lovely. I mean, I, I still keep wanting to go out to the village and go and have a look at it. They use it in the Vicar of Dibley. It's one of these little villages in the middle of Buckinghamshire, I think. And they... Um, and they, they film a lot of things there because the village has been relatively untouched. Time has, has left it alone. And I like that idea. I like that idea that in this country there are probably still boarded up behind old shop fronts, a complete shop. We found them before where somebody has, has had a little shop, sweetie shop or a, a hardware shop, haberdashery. And then they've, they've gone home, they've died and the shop has been boarded up. Everybody's forgotten about it. And then years later they, they go in to it. And and there it is, the shop that time forgot. There's quite a number of them. And I think if you go to this little village, which I think is uh, Turville, Turnville, in Buckinghamshire, it's the village that time has forgotten. 
It's like going out to Essex and driving through. You know me in Essex and Manuden, Manuden, uh, which was a little village I went through, which I thought was just wonderful. I thought it was beautiful. Miles and miles away, far too far away for me to even think about commuting to, but I did like it. I thought, that is just lovely. You can imagine the gossip that goes on in all the little villages. A lot of curtain twitching, but it was so pretty. So, so pretty. And somebody told me some gossip about J. Louise Knight yesterday. I think it's quite nice, because she lives very near it. She was very, so she identified, as did Joanne. Of course, I'm going, I don't think it's that one. I don't think it's that one. Then we get pictures in and blow me down. Steve Allen was wrong. Morning, everybody. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast on LBC. Friday morning, we'll have some clips coming up for you of uh, Brian Connolly and Ruby Wax, who are going to be joining us for In Conversation this Sunday. Uh, I'll bring you the pay reward for the heroes of the NHS. You'll never guess this one. Uh, reveal how Louis Walsh continues to roll back the years. Uh, they're all guessing at what he's had done. I think he's been pushed by Simon. I think that's what it is. Another fantastic gadget giveaway. Today, an Apple iPad mini with retina display. Details coming up the other side of the news. From LBC, this is Steve Allen's Early Breakfast, and all of that is coming up next. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Friday morning... We're coming to you live from London Town, from Leicester Square. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Uh, incidentally, the, uh, the roadside test is an indicator. This is when we were talking about Derek Acora, who's just been taken off the roads for two years and two months and fined £1,000. He failed the breath test at the roadside, but he refused to take one in the station. You can do that, actually. I'll explain more. And uh, who's basking in male attention? But uh, I think she's barking up the wrong tree. And uh, OK Magazine, what drearies have they managed to put inside this week? We'll be telling you between now and 5.30 on LBC with Steve Allen. And, of course, over in the big reunion, it's all a total disaster, I'm afraid. Nobody is remotely interested in poor Dane Bowers, Kenzie Kavanagh, Gareth Gates and Adam Ricketts. It's just not happening. Poor old uh, Kenzie can't dance for toffee. I mean, what a waste of space. Dane Bowers just looks old and haggard. Um, Kavanagh, a complete not a waste of space. Uh, Adam Rickett, still the sort of the little pretty boy. And then Gareth Gates, probably the only one out of them who can actually hold a tune. He's actually been in West End shows. But at the moment, they, they just can't get it together because Kenzie's just totally useless. That's the trouble, though, isn't it, when you're sort of in a little boy band? They were never known for dancing. What was that boy band in that Kenzie was it? What do they call themselves? Blazing Squad, that's right. This was sort of just a group of sort of boys who walked backwards and forwards, you know, meet you at the crossroads, crossroads, you know, struggling with the English language. And uh, Kenzie, of course, struggled so much with it, he gave up and opened a little gymnasium, which is nice, and uh, presumably makes a little bit of money as a personal trainer. The trouble is, it's not really enough, is it? It's not really enough to be a personal trainer. I mean, very, laughing, I'm afraid, and I shouldn't really laugh, uh, Louisa Zisman, st- still dragging the carcass around... Uh, attended the women's own big chocolate party, they say, with her personal trainer. And uh, this is a guy called Scott Ashley. Well, I thought Scott Ashley was gay. I thought he was gay. In fact, even the uh, the male online say he's believed to be gay. Well, he's a personal trainer. I thought all personal trainers were gay. I thought that was the whole idea. It's like saying all male hairdressers. They're all gay. Well, they've got to be gay, haven't they? They've got to be. But you look at a picture of Scott and you think, 
Yeah, probably. <laughs> but also, you know, he's, he's obviously just known as a handbag to be sort of carried around by her. Front page of OK magazine this, uh, this week, you've got the dreadfully tedious Michelle Heaton, best friend, Katie Price, so it gives you an idea where we're coming from. And then, believe it or not, they're still dragging out the dreary Peter Andre story. How this one could be dragged out much longer, I don't know. Emily and I, toss, toss, are closer than ever since Amelia was born. Oh, that's good then, isn't it? Obviously not that close that we're thinking of getting married anytime soon. I bet her parents are so excited. This is our son-in-law. Katie Price has unveiled a new look. Sadly, it's still as a woman, so that's not much help, is it, to anybody? And um, I've got to be in, uh, in Londinium early this morning, says Neil. Woke up with cramp. Checked my clock. Time to get up. Showered. Shaved. Dressed. And then you gave the time check. It's ten to five. And I looked at the clock. I was looking at the time I'd set to get up. I could have listened to you in bed for another half an hour. And Lorraine says she's going to leave me if we don't move. Well, she left me last year when she ran off with my best friend. I didn't half miss him. It's an old one. It's an old... It's like... Your life is like the only way is Essex. I mean, you should see, actually, the arguments that are going on. And the uh, the, the name-calling is hilarious. And uh, Gemma and the uh, the vile Gemma. And the vile little Bobby. You know, just nasty pieces of work. Very nasty pieces of work. As I say, if, if, if Gemma actually had the ability of an adult to string two words together, then I'd, I'd, be, I'd be there. But unfortunately, she's foul-mouthed. I mean, really disgusting language emanates from these people's mouths. It's it's just awful. And uh, she's not a nice piece of work. I think she needs to get some help. I think she really needs to get some help. Arge was doing his silly little dressing up. Let's have a party where we all dress up as a piece of fruit. Frank turned up as a banana, which, of course, kind of summed him up because everybody hated him. And in the, in the end, they use this word mugged a lot now, you know, you know, mugging me off. As I say, Gemma Collins seems to have made up her own baby language. Her and little Bobby the only gay in the village, and obviously likely to remain so, are just two of the most dreary people I've ever seen in my life. However, not as dreary as London Midlands, the railway company. Because this week, two trains were cancelled. Bicot, no. Water? Leaves on the line? No. Couldn't get the staff? No, no, no. They were stuck in a broken-down taxi. That's why the trains were cancelled. These two ticket conductors were stuck in a broken down taxi yards from the station and they couldn't they couldn't walk because they were banned from walking the rest of the way it's a thousand yard journey from snow hill station to birmingham new street station the train operator said that the health and safety rules meant conductors were banned from walking between stations because they were carrying money well You'd only know that, wouldn't you, if you were that person. But, I mean, how would you know? You know, I see people walking past me every day of the week. They might be carrying... We've all got money on us, for goodness sake. So, commuters affected by this council were furious, as you can well imagine. Student Daniel Mander was stuck at University Station. His journey home to Bromsgrove was delayed by 40 minutes. He wrote to London Midland on Twitter, Could you please pass on that it's generally quicker to walk between the two stations? He pays... £275 for a three-month rail ticket. The two stations are a five-minute walk. He says, with the traffic in the city centre, I would imagine it takes longer by taxi. Yes, I I would think so. Isn't that just the most ridiculous thing ever? Mind you, talking of the most ridiculous thing ever, here she is, a Ugandan benefit fraudster. We found her. She stole £4 million. £4 million. And she's claiming asylum because if she is sent home, she faces disgrace. I think she should be thrown in prison, love, and rot, as far as I'm concerned. Her name is Ruth Nabuguzi. She's insisting that relatives are angry at the shame. Well, she's a compulsive liar. She feigned AIDS, believe it or not. 
uh, and then sold her medication. The extended family, she was claiming for a hundred fake children. It's that easy to fiddle the benefit system. Nobody sussed out she's claiming for a hundred fake children. She claimed that they were, they were battling uh, illnesses. She sent the drugs back to Uganda to be sold on. I mean, this is, this is an old fraudster. The extended family state benefits totaled £900,000. She got half a million in housing benefit alone from Newham Council. They must be the thickest under the sun. Dear me. She came to the UK in 91, claimed asylum for herself and four children. Three years later, she used the name Jane Nasumi to apply again, along with two more children. Then she called herself Pauline Zalwango and applied again with three children. And so it went on. So it went on. Now, the government have said that they are going to crack down and take away from people who are benefit fraudsters. And quite clearly, this old bag here, Ruth Nabaguzi, is an old bag. She's an old fraudster. Four million pounds? Newham Council must be, as I say, there must be... How dim do you have to be to hand out money left, right and centre? Before somebody goes, do they not check? Do they not check on these people? But uh, they've now said she's, she's, she's going to prison. And I think uh, if she doesn't pay back... One and a half million pounds of the money she stole, uh, she will have her six-year jail sentence doubled. Well, to be honest with you, I think I'd have sent her to prison for the rest of her life. I couldn't care less. Die in prison, as far as I'm concerned. These people are cheats. These people need sorting out. You know, the government needs to clamp down. They go round there, you take away everything. The car, because quite clearly she's not working all the money that you've given her in handouts, Newham Council. Herein known forever as a little bit dim, I'm afraid. You know, it's your problem, isn't it? It's your fault. The reason, you know, that people don't have everything they get in Newham is because they're handing out, you know, much, I should imagine there's hundreds of benefit fraudsters. Hundreds. Hundreds. Probably in Newham. Because once they find an easy touch, they're likely to stay there, aren't they? It's like the other story. A father here, his name is Peter Rolf. Peter Rolf is 64. I don't think he works. He doesn't look like he works. He's got, um... I mean, you just... I can't even bring myself to tell you this. The man is just too inhuman, I'm afraid. 18 children with 10 different women. I mean, dear God, you've only got to look at him to realise that that's, that's a looker, is it? Dear God in heaven. And uh, he says the town hall have a duty of care because uh, he wants a six-bedroom home. They've only given him a four-bedroom home. And you think to yourself, I mean, you look at the state of this man and you think he's got 18 children with 10 women. What's he paying for them? Answer... Probably nothing at all, I'm afraid. They say the house is too cramped. Fantastic, mate. Good. I think you should have to suffer. And then, then, uh, the authority this week rejected an ombudsman's recommendation to pay the family £1,000 in compensation and bump them to the top of the housing list. The council went, I think not. I think not. We're given 250 quid. Well, he'll spend that on booze and fags by the look of it. Shame he didn't spend it on contraception. That would be better, wouldn't it? Much, much nicer. But here he is. 18 children by 10 women. What sort of women sleep with a person like that? Anyway, uh, Joe says the roadside side test is an indicator. The machine at the station is the eventual machine that the court are given. If you refuse to blow in that, then you're charged with failing to provide, which carries the same ban as drink driving. Thank you, Joe. In Bro- is everybody listening in Bromley this morning? Have we sort of managed to garner Bromley? Not that I'm complaining. I was born in Bromley. Uh, the, uh, Joanna says the windmill in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is in Turville, where the Vicar of Dibley was set. I've got, I've got to, I keep saying I'm going to go out there. I keep saying I'm going to go out there. I've just bought this new thing. I've just bought another camera for the car. You know, I'm obsessed with dashboard cameras. And you can get them really cheaply. Some of them for about £9, £10. I've just spent £80 
on a camera, but it's an incorporated into a mirror. It's going to clip over the mirror in the car, and it's got one camera at the front, one camera at the back, and it's, it comes with a... Well, it didn't come with it, actually, but it, I, I bought as a package a little SIM card that goes inside there, so for continuous recording. And the reason people are buying more and more of these dashboard cameras, as they're called, and you can check them out on Amazon, is because there are so many staged accidents nowadays. If you've got this, this is admissible evidence in court. You can prove that the car, you know, reversed into you, cut you up, all sorts of things. Apparently, Ruby Walsh's real name is Rupert. Oh, right. Oh, right. There you go. Uh, 84850, uk. Kevin the Milkman says, congratulations to Paul. He says, um, uh, we miss him not being on the show. And really, everybody knows it's your friend who you found out about on the Freedom Pass, who is 60 on the same day as you. This is an outrageous statement. I'm really not having this at all, Kevin. I think I'm really, I mean, you'll be saying next I wear shorts, which of course isn't. Uh, nice. Uh, Lisa says, uh, in case I... I I aim to make sure, you know, that I'm going to be up on Monday to wish you a happy birthday. Yeah, it's not like a big deal about it, you know. Cards are flooded in. There'll probably be huge cake and champagne and everything else. Not at the time I'm in on Monday. And luckily, I've got no, no pre-records. Says, uh, I, shall, I shall try and make sure that I wake up and celebrate with you on the Monday. Well, I hope so. I hope that you're all going to be celebrating in a moment as I bring you the gadget competition for today. One of our most popular gadgets that we've had on the programme. This was after Dumandus from Abbey Wood won the Chromebook laptop the other day. Today, it's the Apple iPad Mini with Retina display. Details in a moment. Coming up, the strange comments made by Lewis Hamilton yesterday about Michael Schumacher. LBC News Time. It's 5.15. Morning. It's 5.20. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's LBC. And it's very nice indeed to have you come. It's Friday. I, I generally try and resist the temptation to go wee and shout from the rooftops that we love Friday. It's very nice indeed. Nick Ferrari and the team this morning. Is the government justified in refusing to give an across-the-board pay rise to NHS staff? How much should we be paying our health workers? Plus... Is 14 weeks in jail a sufficient sentence for microwaving a cat? This was the story that I brought you on LBC a few weeks back, and I remember saying at the time, I think hanging is too good for this, but I never understand anybody, anybody who could ever do anything so cruel to an animal. And uh, 14 weeks in jail, not enough. Nick Dubois, Conservative MP for Enfield North, will be in looking at the papers for today. The gadget competition yesterday produced another winner. Damu, uh, sorry, uh, Damandus. You know, I've probably got that completely wrong. I'm so sorry if I've mispronounced it, and I can't even attempt to do your surname. I'll just say Damandus from Abbey Wood correctly identified the catchphrase, computers say no, as being from Little Britain, and got himself a fabulous Chromebook laptop. Today, it's your chance, ladies and gentlemen, to win the Apple iPad Mini with Retina Display. There you go. Doesn't get any better. The latest in Apple's line of tablets, by far the most popular product of its kind. All you have to do is tell me the answer to this question. Which TV programme would you hear the catchphrase, it's good night from me and it's good night from him? In which TV programme would you hear that catchphrase, it's good night from me and it's good night from him? To enter, text the word gadget, followed by your answer. So gadget is the key word that triggers, otherwise it goes elsewhere into the into the, the vast firmament of the computer and I've got no idea how to retrieve it. So text the word gadget, then your answer. And you send that to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. The text costs £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. The full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. 
and we take all your texts and uh, emails. 84850steve@lbc.co.uk. Uh, Claire's with us this morning as well, which is quite nice. We like to have all our uh, our regulars. Uh, great news, say the Wright family in Wellin, um, that you're back on Sunday. Uh, we do worry about your health issues. Well, actually, it says don't overdo it. Even at 39, it can take its toll. I know, at any time, at any time. Patricia says, thank you for mentioning the milkman. It's reminded me, I've got to take mine in from the doorstep. There's a, a milk thief around here. Yes, some, I've known people, I've known people steal milk off doorsteps. I don't know why. Like, you don't get bottles anymore, do you? Or perhaps you do. I can't remember if Kevin does bottles or cartons. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. Uh, Paul, the post, says, I've just received uh, a PCN charge by Lambeth Council for going in a bus lane to allow an ambulance on an emergency call to pass. Has it come to it now where you're made to think, oh, blow the emergency, I'm not letting you pass? Well, you can't do that because that's technically illegal. On the other hand, I suspect if you write to Lambeth Council and said, because they will see it on the camera, they will see the ambulance passing and they will see... You know, you know what the, the law is regard. If you're sitting at traffic lights and they're red and a police car behind you puts on the blues and twos, you're not allowed to cross those red lights. They have to wait. I know you do see people sort of pulling into the side of the other, but the moment you cross those lights, you've committed an offence. And I do see people do it, and I always think, oh, no, don't, because you might get a, a ticket in the post. But I suspect if you actually uh, write to the council in Lambeth saying, I was letting an ambulance pass for a life-and-death situation then they will probably they will probably cancel the ticket. I hope so. That would be decent, wouldn't it? That would be the decent thing to do. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Um, we put everything in on the programme this morning. Uh, one here from, uh, from uh, Glenn, who says, the shop was discovered quite recently. Such a shop, the shop that time forgot. There's been a few over the years. It was on display in the Museum of London, and, as you say, it was boarded up for years, then discovered, just as it was left 70 years ago. 70 years ago. It may still be on display. He said, happy birthday. How long have I been listening to you? 37, 38 years? Can't be. I don't think so. I don't think I've been here that long. 1979. I was very young. Pushed in in the pram, I suspect. <laughs> and uh, one here as well from uh, from Jackie Paddock Wood. Very foggy out there, but she says the horses are still in the f- uh, still in as the fields are still wet and muddy. I know it's going to take a lot of sunshine to dry it off, and I'm afraid sunshine today is not what you're going to be getting. You are not going to be getting sunshine today. It's going to be a bit dull and overcast. I wish I could give you sunshine, but I can't, I'm afraid. So I'm very sorry about that. Very sorry. Uh, Eva, she's got beehives in her garden. She's in Slovakia and listens to the programme all the time. And now they've got bears looking for honey. But uh, she has played the, uh, the boys. She's got two boys, Martin and Adam. Not very Slovakian names, are they? But uh, they've uh, listened to the to the Maplins thing. That's so old now. That's that's really very 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 early Steve Allen. I promise you, very early Steve Allen. And then John wrote to me and said, "Fake plastic knees." Isn't that a Radiohead song? Well, you you might know better than than myself. I'm afraid. Uh, I will do the story of the woman jailed for the 14 weeks. I know Nick Ferrari is going to be doing it a little bit later on 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 breakfast. There's also thousands of people have been sent. Um, a distressing hoax email telling them that they have cancer. Now, let me just put this into context for you. If you have not been in 
to a hospital to have a cancer check. There is no way that you have cancer. This is just a malicious email sent out and probably will appear in people's spam. I'm always amazed that now we seem to have lost the... Would you like to increase the size of your appendage? Or failing that, you know, would you like to meet Russian girls in your area? Those ones seem to have disappeared in place of something like this one. This appears to be from the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence and carries the subject line, Important Blood Analysis Result. Now, unless you've had a recent blood test, and they would then, you know, and also they wouldn't send anything like this to you. They would write to your doctor, and your doctor would then contact you. They're never going to send you an email going, oh, by the way, you've had a blood test, uh, you've got cancer. It's not going to happen like that at all. Um, This particular company uh, have been inundated with phone calls following the hoax, and that those who have had blood tests recently have been particularly alarmed. Nobody's ever going to contact you by text to say that you've got this. I cannot impress on you. You know, I mean, who would do something like this? Some sick person sitting in a bedroom somewhere. That's what it is. It comes down to it. So now what they've uh, they've done is they've sort of re redone their website and made it far more difficult for people to send anything out. I mean, if you've got this email, delete it without even clicking on it, for the simple reason it may contain a computer virus. I mean, it's not clear exactly, say the company, how many people have been targeted, but uh, they think it could have been sent to thousands. It's like all these letters. We used to get them here. We haven't had them for ages now. Somebody say, it just says, hi, I'm stuck at the airport. Can you send me some money? I've left my wallet at home in the hotel or wherever it is. Thanks a lot. Speak to you when I get home. And you think, well, who is this? Because they don't know your name. They're sending, they're sending at random. They're sending it random. And believe it or not, some people do actually put money in an envelope and they do send it away, which is not good. I think the law is wrong, re-emergency vehicles. Once you'd be allowed to cross a red light, if it's safe to do so, let it pass. But you can't, I'm afraid. It is illegal. The nation's official shopping basket. What's in and what's out? Apparently, DVDs are out. It's a bit embarrassing, isn't it, really? I spend most of my time buying DVDs. What's in? Uh, Netflix. Instant video streaming. I think Amazon have just started. They went, oh, you can do that. Well, of course, I don't like doing anything like that. I want to slow my, my computer down. Uh, what's in as well? Canvas fashion shoes, as worn by Cressida Bonus. Flavoured milk, apparently, is in. Never thought it went out of fashion. Uh, fresh fruit snacking pots. Wild bird seed. Oh, God, no, please. Costume jewellery, as worn by Charlize Theron. Tufted carpet. Love a bit of tufted carpet. Do you have carpet at home, Sam? You have, uh, yeah, you do. Apparently carpet's back in again. People are having carpet. At one time it was rugs, because then it's easy. But, uh, no, I, I actually like carpet. Digital, sorry? Di- wooden flooring. Oh, how lovely. Is, is that that plastic imitation stuff that looks like a photograph? Or is it proper wood? Oh, how lovely. Oh, well, there you go. Scratches the other stuff, doesn't it? Yeah, because it's just a photo. I used to sell vinyl flooring years ago, and that's a, a photograph underneath a, a thin... It's quite cleverly done. I used to love selling vinyl. Um, digital cameras with changeable lenses. I saw a lens the other day which you can clip onto your iPhone, which I thought seemed quite a nice idea. It was about £60, pounds, so I went off it. And mixer drinks are very popular, like Red Bull. That's in at the moment, Red Bull. I see more people drinking Red Bull. I just thought it was a huge sugar boost. I mean, useless for somebody like me. And what is out? DVD recorders. Oh, but then how do you record programmes or clips? John Warrington always used to send me clips of programmes. Hardwood flooring is out. That's out. Terribly sorry, you're not fashionable anymore. Uh, DVD rental subscriptions, out. Not good. Wallpaper paste. 
Why do you make the wallpaper stay up there? Then it was wallpaper out. I thought it was always good. I were always told on these programmes to have a feature thing, weren't we? Coming up, how long does it take you to judge a stranger? LBC News Time, 5.30. Steve Allen on LBC. 26 and a half minutes to six. Might as well be precise this morning, just in case you're getting the train. But I've, I've come to the conclusion, giving out time checks is totally useless. Every time I get off the train at Twickenham, can have a chat to Brian, uh, upstairs, the, the, the train will come in and still people run. And you think, but it's there every time, at the same time every day. There's one thing you can say about southwestern trains, is they do really run to time. It's not like you go to some countries and they go, what time's the train leave? I don't know, Tuesday or something, I don't know, Wednesday evening, Th- Thursday morning. You just sort of wait there until the train turns up. You know, you look at the timetable for southwestern, and, and they're, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. I haven't had any complaints about them at all. Occasionally they have to cancel trains, but it's so rare. It really is. So every day, people are running down the stairs. I think it's going to be an accident one day. People running down the stairs to get the train. And to be honest with you, just get up a little bit earlier. Makes it so much easier. Actually, talking of, uh, of getting up a little bit earlier, uh, I got a, a text. Oh, wait a minute. Can't do it now. From, uh, from Jamie, who says, uh, one of the only good things about this time of the morning is that the Steve Allen show is on LBC. <laughs> That's a good idea. Anyway, this uh, this coming Sunday, in conversation. Now, n- not this Sunday, but the following Sunday, the time of the programme changes. But this Sunday, it's normal time, or normal as we can be, and uh, only gets to one airing. From the following Sunday, it gets two airings. You get it at the morning between five and six, for those early birds amongst you, and then nine o'clock at night. Same programme, so if you miss miss one, you can always catch it on the on the second time round. Uh, this week, particularly good as well. I love I love all the people we do on the programme. I, I really can't think of any reason not to like talking to celebrities because they're great fun. So this week, uh, two people, both from from showbiz in a way. Uh, one man hardly ever off the television. He's got a new game show out, which is currently running on the uh, on the Sky Channel, and. He's, he's had more catchphrases, he's played, fa- he's done just about everything, actually. His mum listens to this programme, so I've got to be really nice about Brian Connolly, who's got a tour on the way, so when he came in to chat, I said, what's it all about? The Which life is... of Brian Connolly. The life of Brian. Uh, yeah, that's what we've called it, and uh, yeah, it's just a potpourri of entertainment, just a lot of fun. I've done a tour last year that went well, and so I always say there's a lot of famous people, but there's not a lot of famous people who can do anything. Yeah. Um, so I've always been a performer, always been a lot. talk about performer. everything on stage. Is it, is it freewheeling or is it structured? Yeah, no, sometimes I throw it out to them. Yeah. We, we give them uh, uh, the audience a megaphone. She's hilarious. Because you can never hear them, can no, you? No, no, because they... And I like to just embarrass them, to be honest. You know, and they've got this megaphone, and they've got to sort of ask me questions and all that. But they normally fall into the norm. What, how did Larry the Loafer come about? Where's Dangerous Brian? And all yeah. that. Can you say it's a pump here? You know, which... Uh, <laughs> it'll go on, go to my grave. Exactly, you, know? you will. T- it'll say it on your grave. Oh, I had it in Canada. I was at my opening night in Canada playing Al Jolson. There's a moment where Jolson talks about his mother dying in his arms. And you can imagine Canada... And I'm talking about my mother dying in my arms, and she made this noise I'd never heard before. And Jolson's talking about the death rattle, this noise of her choking and dying in his arms. And I've got tears in my eyes, and it's the opening night, all the crits are in. And I said, she made this noise I'd never heard before. And someone shouted, it's a puppy! Canadians didn't know what on earth they were on about. Oh, what was that? Oh. Is there a puppy? Uh, <laughs> a puppy. But, it, um, but yeah, no, it will follow me to my grave. You know, I get it all the time. But that's good. Oh, Everybody God, yeah. should, you know, for goodness Plays sake, mortgage, never you know. knock the, you know, the things that made you famous, for God's sake. Oh, without sake. a doubt. Without a doubt. Brian Connolly. 
With his tour and his TV show, things are looking rosy for the boy. Although I did take him to task. He had a clear out a short while ago of a lot of his celebrity memorabilia. And I said, why? He even got rid of his Noel Edmonds gotcha. He said, what am I going to do with it? I'd like to see him in EastEnders. I don't know as what. I'd just like to see him in EastEnders, actually. So if his mum's listening, hello. Hope you're well this morning. 23 minutes to six. My other guest is always guaranteed to sort of just really push the boundaries as much as she can. She ticks all the boxes. She's currently on a nationwide tour explaining the workings of the brain. It's the very energetic Ruby Wax, who is still doing stand-up. So what happens during this particular show? The show isn't stand-up. It's uh, You will learn about how your brain works. Some of it is um, fact. Some of it I've made up. But I take you through what evolution did to us with cruel... Uh, that why we have some human glitches, why we're kind of being, t- the 21st century is almost impossible to survive. I understand the Spanish Inquisition was difficult too, but <laughs> God bless us, we were dead by 20. Now we just go on and on and on. So we have to find out ways to survive. So right. tongue in cheek, I, I give you suggestions on how to survive the 21st century. And do we get the light show with this British? Yeah, you get the full light the show. You get tours. It's almost like you're in a Disney film watching the show. So if you don't like me... Watch the special effects. She's good value. There's no way, there's no doubt in my mind that it's always entertaining whenever Ruby comes into the studio. And uh, so she's touring as well. So both those interviews this coming Sunday on LBC for In Conversation. There is life in space. The reason I mention that is because we've talked a lot about space on the programme, but not as we know it insists Mr Shatner, boldly going where no man has gone before. He's certain that there is intelligent life out there. What form it takes, he's not too sure. And it all goes back, doesn't it, to yet another conspiracy theory about this Malaysian airline, which has vanished into thin air. They've got no clues. They're now bringing in psychologists. They brought in all sorts of people to try and explain where it's gone. But they don't know. They don't know you know, where this thing... Did it fly on for another four hours after the last transmission? They're now saying, no, it didn't. I have this theory that I reckon the people in the uh, in, in the radar place where they sort of do all this tracking of all the airlines, they'll be sitting there, and in about uh, six months' time, they'll be sitting there staring at their little screen, and all of a sudden, bleep, bleep, it'll come back into, into vision again. And they'll be going, what the dickens is that? Okay. And then they'll go, w- w- hello, who are you? And they'll be giving the call sign of the missing aircraft. They'll go, where have you been? And they'll go, what do you mean, where have we been? We've been here all the time. I think they've gone into a black hole. I think that's what they've done. I think they've actually gone into the black hole and they've, and they've disappeared for a while. And they're still, they're still flying around. But because it's a black hole, nobody knows the time. So that's why. Winnie says, uh, I'm up getting ready for my trip to Barcelona with my sister, best friend and cousin. On Sunday, I shall be tempted to run the... Barcelona Marathon and carry on celebrating my 40th. I shall drink a, a glass of Guinness chew on Monday for an Irish bar. Have a very happy... Th- oh, I can't imagine this 60 number again. It's driving me mad. Uh, good luck to Janice on the Marsden March on Sunday. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, another one here. Those dash comms are great protection, says Jamie. I drive lorries and I have to provide my own. Why not if they don't have them all over the vehicle? I don't know. Well, I love this one. I mean, I've, I've, I've had a few... Uh, but they switch off. I want one that's continuous recording on a journey. And then at the end, I can just erase it and go over it. So a reusable SIM card is a brilliant idea for me. And I bought this one and it clips over the mirror. And it is actually a mirror and it's got two cameras. One which faces the front and the other one you can turn to face round. So it shoots anything out of the back window. 
brilliant idea, and they use them a lot in America in court cases to prove that the person driving the car was not the negligent one. The other car was the one that swung in front. It's like sort of police camera action only in your own vehicle. If you go to Amazon, all you've got to do is type in dashboard cameras, and there will be hundreds that will come up. Uh, just remember, some of them come from China. Most of them appear to be made in China. But the, but the quality now is so much better. But try and find a company that's in this country to send it to you. Otherwise, you'll be waiting for weeks and weeks and weeks. And uh, how you check where the, com- where the company is, I've got no idea. Just find out, they say, sold by, and then go onto the internet and do a, do a Google on them. Uh, 84850. Uh, Christina is going to the hospital to get a machine to check the heart. Are oh, you having the, the, the cardiac thing? You'll love that. That's, I hate that one. I hate that one. That's the one I've got to have coming up. That's where they put you on a treadmill. And they, they wire you up that 12 different uh, little sticky pads on your, on your chest. And then you walk, and then they speed it up. It's, it's, it's not, not much fun at all, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Sue says, I can't wait to hear you and Ruby in conversation. There will be one bit of the programme you will laugh. You will laugh out loud, I promise you. I'm gar- I, I guarantee a laugh on every in conversation. <laughs> Sometimes out of sympathy. But uh, generally speaking, because it's actually uh, funny. Under the clock says Jeff, was a film made towards the end of World War II, 1945. Starred Judy Garland and Robert Walker about a girl who meets a soldier in New York's Grand Central Station, falls in love with him and marries him during his 24-hour leave. A nice tearjerker, so have the hankies ready. Oh, don't like tearjerkers. Well, I do, actually. I'm, I'm a big, big fan of tearjerkers. I shall have to get hold of that one, actually, then. I shall... I shall see another one I, I, I don't need, but I will actually... Will I actually end up buying it because I'm addicted? Uh, our good friend Carol Vorderman, she's lost a load of weight. She really has. She's pictured out at uh, at an event the other night. I think it was at the uh, BAFTA Games Awards in London. Uh, she arrived with her toy boy boyfriend. I did say to her, I said, it's still going quite well. When she came in to talk for in conversation, she went, yeah, it's going very well, thank you. <laughs> I want to see her back on Loose Women. I don't like the, the way Loose Women's gone at the moment, I'm afraid. I only like it when Carol Vorderman is there. But uh, she also quit alcohol for the year. And they said in January she announced she was quitting alcohol for the year. No, she told me this. Stop trying to pinch my interview again. She told me. But in fact, in October last year, she was a slightly fuller figure. Now she looks great. And of course, she's going to pilot herself around the world. She's, uh, I like her a lot. I really do. Oh, good Lord, what on earth is that? It's a dominatrix. Have you ever heard of such a thing? A dominatrix. This is a woman here called Lorraine White. She sees herself as a businesswoman. I think what, what she does is she, um, I'm not sure I can read this out at this time. This is not the kind of thing you want to hear over breakfast. But anyway, um, apparently she's been told whips and chains are okay. Steady. Uh, but your dungeon is a fire risk. So she was fined £8,000 for elf and safety breach. I can remember there used to be um, a very well-known um, dominatrix called Miss Whiplash years ago. And she came into LBC because she had a book out and she was very current in the news. I can't remember why it was, but she used to run a dungeon in Earl's Court. And men would go, I'm led to believe it's mainly men, and I, I speak only from, from this article, men would go there and she would chain them up to the wall of her cellar. Strike is a very risky thing, but uh, for, for humiliation. I mean, I'll just tell somebody they're fat, it's so much easier, you get exactly the same result, they burst into tears. But in this particular case, she would take them downstairs, chain them up, and they would book in as if it was a hotel. So she would leave them there all night, occasionally going down to shout a few things at them. Then in the morning, she'd unchain them, give them a cup of coffee, and they'd go on their way. 
Very odd, isn't it? So if you hear rattling of chains from next door's house and it's coming from the cellar, chances are it's a dominatrix. Ridiculous. Finally, we have some EU legislation that seems to be about to make sense. LBC News Time. It's quarter to six. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning. 11 minutes to six. They've now brought in a witch doctor, a shaman, to hunt for the missing aircraft. And so here he is. He's in the paper today. His name's Ibrahim Matt Zinn. He held a set of bizarre rituals in Kuala Lumpur Airport to ward off evil from the Malaysian jet. I mean, there's so many... I mean, the, the conspiracy theories are brilliant. I mean, I do like the one. It said to me yesterday. Somebody said to me in the office, do you, uh, do you think it's actually gone into outer space? I said, I don't think it's capable of going into outer space. What do you mean actually going out of the Earth's atmosphere? No, it's not capable. This isn't airplane. It's not capable of doing anything like that at all. But the idea of bringing in a shaman... And then he started waving his coconuts around in the air and things like that. Uh, unfortunately, the plane is still missing. has still disappeared. Because it's, it's either going to be... Pilot error, engine failure, hijacked or bomb on board. But if, if it's a bomb on board, it would have to be the biggest bomb ever to destroy all of it. That's what it would have to be. And the, where's the black box flight recorder? If it was hijacked, I mean, it could have secretly landed somewhere. The pilots might have taken it, you know, as a joke. As, I don't know. But it does need a runway that's a mile and a half long. So you'd have to clear a lot of jungle... To make sure, but then I thought it perhaps be a bit like Thunderbirds. All the trees would stand up, and then they all fall down. Who knows what they've got in North Korea? Uh, engine failure. I mean, actually, it could make it to land quite. Easy. If the engines had failed, these aeroplanes can glide for about fifty miles. You know, it's not it's not the end be all and end all. I'm afraid, but as yet, nothing, nothing. There's a, another sad teenager in the paper today who has uh, taken to drink. Jamie Capon uh, was sixteen, drank himself to death. At a pal's birthday, he was more than five times the drink-drive limit when he collapsed. They'd uh, all bought their own booze. Now, I know lots of people do this, my, my godchildren. Well, not the youngest, obviously. But, uh, but, but the other two, they go off to parties, because they're of that age now, and there is alcohol there. Uh, this one, I don't know what he was drinking, but he died from acute alcohol poisoning. I mean, just, you know, what, what more can you say to somebody? Listen, five times the legal limit for drink driving. Absolutely appalling, really. And the world's most intelligent chimpanzee has found the man of her dreams, Joey Essex. Natasha, hailed as a genius by scientists, fell in love with Joey Essex as he filmed in Uganda. Uganda, wait a minute. We've heard of Uganda, haven't we? Oh, that's where the benefit fraudster comes from, Uganda. That's where she was sending money back to. I like the idea that benefit crooks will have their cars... TVs, iPads seized under a beefed-up blitz to claw back taxpayers' cash. I agree. The benefit fraudster from Uganda stole four million. They're only asking her to pay back one and a half million. And if she doesn't, they're going to give her another six years in prison, which would take it up to 12 years. Uh, Adrian Bayford is the chubby lotto millionaire. He's not chubby. He's morbidly obese. And he's going to tie the knot in a James Bond-themed wedding. He's, uh, he's going out with this stable girl. I mean, to be honest with you, she looks she looks quite normal, but they, they've been out a few times, and the press have snapped pictures of them. Uh, he's not living in a big mansion or anything like that. I think the wife, the ex-wife, is living in a big mansion. He's living in what can only be described as a rundown kind of a place. Um, and judging by the size of him, I don't think he's going to live much longer. I don't want to be rude about him or put the mockers on it, but I'm just saying, he's so big, the one thing he needs to do, and he's got, you know, all this money... He will have... I think he weighs 20 stone. That's morbidly obese. With his one, I think... With his wife, I think they won 149 million. 
£149 million. And then they've split it down the middle and they both, uh, they both got their thing. I think she's found somebody else and he's found somebody else as well. It's a lot of money, though, isn't it? I, I mean, I don't care what sort of wedding they want to have. I'm not remotely interested in that. I'm just interested in the fact that he's a lot older than she is. And, uh, and, and for that reason... You have to worry a little bit, you know. Is she seeing him for the money? I don't know. I don't know either of them. I just worry, don't you? You know, I mean, would, would she have known him if she, if she didn't know that he had all that money? 107 million tonight. Size really does matter. 107 million. Producer said to me, he said, he said if, if you won that, he said you would, uh, you, you would give away a lot to charity. I said, well, I would give, a cha- I wouldn't tell you how much, but I'm going to give to charity. You know, I would be doing all the regular ones. But then I'd like to do little charities. I'd like to be a benefactor. But I wouldn't want to do it for the publicity. I'm not interested in the publicity side of it. I'd just like to give money to charities. Morrison's just declared a huge loss. Huge loss. Um, And so what they've done now, they've decided that they're going to reduce... They're going to reduce the, uh, the amount of expensive food they sell and just be known as somewhere you can go to get very, very cheap food. So you could expect years of falling prices, which is quite good, because what, what they're selling, which we seem to like now, honey, mixer drinks, and wild bird seed. I don't know why wild bird seed. I really can't, I can't get my head around that at all. But the, the rules of the game have changed for Morrison, so now it's going to be, because it's a huge fall in profits. I mean, absolutely enormous. I think... I think the biggest for £176 million annual pre-tax loss. And their chairman, Sir Ian Gibson, has said in trading terms, it's been a disappointing year for Morrison's with consumer confidence. See, that Morrison's are opening up all over the place. We've just had a Morrison's open up in Twickenham. Well, I say just open up. It's been open up for a, for a little time. And that's open from 6 o'clock in the morning, Monday through Sunday, 6 o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock at night. So, in other words, if you're sort of sitting there at sort of 10 o'clock thinking, is your little shop open? Yep, Morrison's is open. Get up in the morning, you know, half past five, quarter to six, got no milk, go to Morrison's because it's open at six o'clock in the morning. And they do a hot pasty as well, which is very nice, and a steak slice. So it's a bit like Greg's. I mean, I don't know what the quality is like, but, they, but they're going to go cheaper. So the market that they're now targeting, I'm assuming, is going to be the one that Iceland appear to have sold uh, for some time, where a lot of things are a pound. And that's what people want. People want cheaper things. I was in the, the greengrocer yesterday, and a lady came in. I don't think she lived in Twickenham. I think she might have come from Hounslow. And she picked up a cauliflower, and she said to John, um, how much? And he said, £1.50. Which, uh, too much. Too much. And I thought, £1.50 for a cauliflower? I thought that was quite cheap. But obviously she was looking for something... Um, Something a lot cheaper. Uh, little Julie says, My blood boiled when I heard what that low life did with the cat. The sentence is not long enough, as you know. I have three cats myself who are not just pets, but family. Yes, I mean, I don't... I don't actually understand how anybody can do anything like that to a cat. This was the story of the, the woman, I use the term loosely, I'm afraid, who, because the cat had been annoying the goldfish, she decided to teach it a lesson and put it into the microwave and turn it on. Now, as you know, microwaves send um, rays down and they cook from the inside. They cook from the inside. God knows, I mean, what this woman was thinking. 14 weeks in prison. Nick Ferrari will be saying this morning, um, I'm assuming he's going to be saying it's not quite long enough, is it? It really isn't long enough. I mean, you know, I think they can have a spokesman for PETA on. And I think it's just, if somebody can do that, they quite clearly have no regard for anything at all. I I don't know what else you would say about it. Uh, Karen says a friend's daughter was recently at a venue where Amy Childs had a makeup stand. Very excited uh, to see. 
Two young girls asked for a photo of her with them, and can you believe she wouldn't have a photo taken unless you bought something uh, or paid £10? Yes, I'm led to believe Katie Price does the same. She'll sign an autograph for you if you buy something off her stand. So it's, it kind of works out a little bit expensive. Just for a picture of Amy Childs, you know, whereas a, a, she's eminently available. I don't know, perhaps that was one of those, it wasn't one of those things. They do them at the um, the signings when they bring over the Bond stars and things like that. You have been, haven't you, to the movie museum in Covent Garden, next door to Penhaligon's. To the, to the, if you're looking at Penhaligon's, Penhaligon's on the left, the right-hand side is the cinema museum, the movie museum. Go and have a look. It's a little, it's a little nice place to go to. They've got a cafe down there. And if you love movies, and many of you love movies, you will love this place. It's absolutely unbelievable. It really is absolutely unbelievable. I like the story as well. Talk of unbelievable, you won't believe this one. But here is um, a man called uh, Jason Mulvey and Nikki Shanna. They were headed uh, in Carmarthenshire on a bike ride. You know, pedal, 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 pedal. And, and what, what lands right next to them? A golden eagle. It literally lands next to where they are. It's got a wingspan of seven feet. Seven feet. And it lands. And they've got a picture of Jason with the bird. It's absolutely huge, this golden eagle. As indeed they are. If you go to London Zoo, you can see just how big golden eagles are. Somebody said, Steve, not surprised, the chimp... Pansy fell in love with Joey Essex, a match made in heaven. Uh, most, if not all, London buses have cameras which record the outside of the bus. Most helpful in the case of a collision. Nick Dubois on his way in because he's looking at the papers this morning with Nick Ferrari. So all of that to come a little bit later on. But the, the pictures of the eagle are in all the papers. I will tell you the name of the woman who microwaved the cat. She deserves more lambasting. <laughs> Still plenty more for you in the final half hour of your Friday morning early breakfast on LBC with me, Steve Allen. I'll go through the competition again. It's your chance to get your hands on the Apple iPad Mini with the Retina display. With the Retina display. It's a lovely gift. Although, personally, I'd be selfish and keep it myself. All the papers we have in the studio, I'll make my way through them throughout the show. The battle resumes over Richard III's burial place and Ed Balls has admitted to making mistakes. Louis Walsh is rolling back the years... And we take all your texts and emails. 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk. And, of course, morning news in half an hour, too. From LBC, I'm Steve Allen. All of that is coming up next. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, five past six. It's uh, Friday. We love Friday. We like actually. I like any day of the week. But Friday's good. I like Monday too, which of course makes me deeply unpopular with everybody else. It's the final gadget giveaway of the week. Your chance to get your hands on the Apple iPad Mini with Retina display. We're chucking it all in this morning. Uh, the BBC's commercial rules. It seems rather strange that Michelle Rue Junior is not allowed to advertise potatoes, and yet Greg Wallace was allowed to advertise potatoes. It's all very strange. Uh, Derek Acora, as you now know, banned from driving for two years because uh, he failed a breath test. And a minute's delay can cost stroke victims a day. All of that in your texts and emails between now and 6.30 on LBC. 
It's almost tied, that music, isn't it? I mean, it's almost sometimes, you know, you sort of you just sort of sit there thinking, my God, that entire orchestra in here with with us. Uh, Colin in Buckhurst Hill knows all about Miss Whiplash. I can't remember what her name is. She does, ha- she does actually have a name. And I can't remember what it is. Lindy Sinclair, I've just remembered. Lindy Sinclair. Because she was in the news um, an awful lot. An awful lot. Uh, Steve, why on earth would somebody want to hurt a cat? I have no idea. I have no idea. Tesco Express usually opens at 6am. I mean, how are, they, how are they getting staff who want to work at that time of the morning? It's, well, having said that, of course, I'm sitting in a classic job where we start early in the morning. We start at 4. So it's, it's, it's very interesting to find out that nowadays, there's more and more, the little corner shops are being pushed to one side. In fact, it happened down in Barron's Court. There was a corner shop that had been there, quite a big one, been there for ages and ages, over the road. Tesco Express. Immediately, people stopped using the corner shop and went to Tesco Express. Tesco, uh, Tesco Express can undercut the corner shops because they're buying bigger. They're buying in bulk. And the little corner shops always used to add a penny or 2p. Sometimes it was expensive, but you only used them as a last resort. So now, having heard, and I'm surprised that Morrisons have announced such a huge loss. I mean, I really am surprised. I thought that they would be extremely popular because every, every little town now has practically got... Three or four supermarkets. We are we in, in Twickenham. Twickenham, it's not the biggest place in the world. We have a Marks and Spencer's. We have a Waitrose. We've got a huge Tesco. We've got a Sainsbury's. We've got a Morrison's. We're having an Aldi. And there can't be much left, can there, really? I mean, there must be, they must be eking out the business between all of them. All sort of sharing in the profits, except for Morrison's, who appear not to be. They seem to be losing hand over fist, which isn't so great. Other stories of the paper, well, we mentioned Eric Cantona, who has uh, been questioned, and uh, Diana makes the news after all these years. Princess Diana makes the news because uh, after they split up, there was, uh, there was a lot of bitterness, and we all remember the television programmes. It, it was almost tit for tat. It was almost, you know, uh, why did the marriage fail? Because there were three of us. And then Charles did his bit as well. I mean, to be honest with you, it all became a little bit messy. Uh, but she did have, we are told, a little black book, and this she gave to Clive Goodman. And the idea was to try and, I suppose, let him know what was going on and how many different people there were looking after the royal's affairs and how she felt isolated. But she always felt isolated. That was the problem inside the royal family, and I should imagine that I wouldn't be speaking out of turn, it's still today is like that. You know how Sarah Ferguson was pushed out. I'm not saying, you know, that they made a mistake with that one, but uh, what I'm saying is that the interesting fact about Sarah Ferguson is that they just shunned her. They didn't want her there for Christmas. They didn't want her there for anything at all. She became the embarrassment to the royal family in the same way that uh, Paul Burrell became the embarrassment to the royal family and these people they get rid of. They don't want them around them. So after this bitter war, quite clearly, all the palace courtiers are going to be siding with Prince Charles. They're not going to be siding with Diana. She must have felt very lonely. Very, very lonely. Nobody to actually talk to. Nobody to confide in. In fact, I think at one point she had to confide in Sarah Ferguson. You know, and that's, that's the problem for a lot of these people. They're inside a different, a different world completely. Completely different world. It's the world where they have no idea... What goes on? They have no idea how to... You know, you don't, don't ever see the Queen going out doing shopping like normal people because she doesn't carry money. You could, can't you actually believe, you know, that, that, that a, there is a woman in this country who is that who does not carry money? She's never known the delights of, I should imagine, pushing a shopping trolley around Safeways of a Friday evening, falling in the freezer cabinet trying to retrieve the fish fingers. She doesn't know anything about that. But what, uh, what Diana wanted is to... Uh, 
is to sort of get her own back, I suppose. She felt as though she'd been very badly treated. And I remember after it was all announced and we were all a bit surprised. But then she was out there, she was smiling, she was doing the whole bit as if to... And yet I'm, I should imagine she probably went home and collapsed in a, in a heap, of, heap of tears, poor soul. Thousands of dog owners, and that includes many of you, have stepped up in their fight against tyrannical powers, banning them and their pets from large parts of Britain. They say they're being driven barking mad by overzealous control orders making it offence to exercise animals in an increasing number of public places. Now, originally, this was to stamp out antisocial behaviour. You still get people who cannot look after their dogs properly. They're not trained. They take them out there. They harass a lot of people. They don't clear up after their dogs. Uh, there is a £75 on-the-spot penalty now for falling foul of the rules. And that's, that applies to all the major parks in London. And they have dog wardens who go round checking. I mean, the Kennel Club say that every year there are 60 new orders. Uh, hotspots include the East Riding of Yorkshire. There are 233 bans. 233 bans in the East Riding of Yorkshire. Newark and uh, Sherwood in Nottinghamshire, 70. Walkers in St Ives in Cornwall have been outlawed from some of the seaside town's most popular beaches. Because, I, d- I mean, I got on a train the other day. I mean, you might... I know that I think James O'Brien was talking about this uh, a week ago. Uh, people who take dogs into coffee shops. I don't want to see a dog in a coffee shop. I love dogs, but I don't want to see one in a coffee shop. And I get on a train the other day, and you might think this is perfectly normal, but the man on there, and he didn't look exactly the most savoury of people, he had his dog sitting on the seat. Sitting on the seat where other people have got to sit. Absolutely disgusting, I'm afraid. Absolutely, you know, really the worst. I remember thinking, if I've been the guard, excuse me, get your dog off the seat. People have to sit on that. Awful. Uh, Colin thinks that the mystery movie series Banachek, The Missing Plane, sounds like a plot from that series. I think it's going to come back onto radar. I do seriously. I seriously think it's going to come back onto radar and they're going to go, what, what's everybody talking about? What's everybody talking about? They're going to go, because you vanished. Really? When? We've only just set off. And it's this black void, I think. Terrible, isn't it? Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Um, uh, another one here which uh, says, uh, can you do me the competition again, just so I can have a think about it? Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that everybody knows the answer to this question. It might be, for, for some of the younger members of the audience as well, you might not know the answer, because it was uh, Damandus from Abbey Wood. If that pronunciation is incorrect, I'm so sorry. Uh, but Damandus got the fabulous Chromebook laptop, and today... The final one of the week, it's the Apple iPad Mini with the Retina display. The latest in Apple's line of tablets and by far, I think, the most popular product of its kind available. So one lucky listener will win it. It could be you. Today could be your day and you could also win £107 on the lottery tonight. Who knows? It's in the lap of the gods. In which TV programme would you have heard the catchphrase, it's good night from me and it's good night from him? Where would you hear that? It's good night from me, and it's good night from him. Text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer, and then send that to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions are online at lbc.co.uk. So, good luck. It's, it's a, a really nice... I mean, I do like my iPad Mini, but even I have to confess I do not have the, uh, the one with, with Retina. I obviously came a little bit after that one, so I'm a little bit jealous. A little bit jealous. Uh, other stories which are running in the papers for today. The helicopter crash 
that killed 16 people. This is the Super Puma, which plunged into the coast of Aberdeenshire with 14 oil workers and two crew on board. They say it could have been avoided. The uh, sheriff has concluded the essential fact is that everybody in the company well know that maintenance must be done by the book. On one occasion, that fundamental rule was broken. And so that's why. Um, And the gay prime minister... This one got people going overnight on LBC that they say in years to come, most voters would accept a gay person becoming Prime Minister. Why would it bother anybody? I couldn't understand. As long as somebody could do the job, would it make any difference? Like, say, gay bus drivers or gay bus conductors, would it seriously make any difference? You know, there are gay MPs. We all know there are gay MPs. Sometimes we see a little bit too much of them, but we know there are gay MPs. And it doesn't seem to bother anybody. As long as you have the ability to do the job, that's all that matters. From LBC, it's 6.15. 6.20 is the time. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Uh, I found the uh, the story of the woman. Her name's Laura Cunliffe. I'd forgotten who she was. She's 23. This is the woman who cooked her cat in a microwave uh, as a punishment for eating a goldfish. I mean, quite clearly, she's not all there. She does have uh, mental health problems, and it's just, it's just the worst piece of cruelty. I've heard of worse, I'm afraid. But uh, this is the one who took her little one-year cat out after a minute, but unfortunately the damage was done. The microwave starts cooking immediately. It doesn't, uh, doesn't waste time. It died an hour later. Uh, he blasted her for a truly horrendous crime and also gave her a life ban on keeping animals. I mean, I would have thought that was par for the course. There was a picture of her. She was, she was smiling in one of the pictures. And I, I thought, really, you know, it's, you just can't explain the problems that some people have. Who on earth would ever want to put a cat in a microwave? I can't imagine. Front pages of the papers for this morning... If you've just woken up. And incidentally, you've got nine minutes left to get your entries in for the competition. To put your hands and get your hands on my gadget today. The Apple iPad Mini with Retina Display. Uh, The Daily Mirror are running with dye-leaked royal phone numbers to Hacker. I don't know what phone numbers these would have been. Whether she had a... They've called it the Royal Little Black Book. But whether or not it's it's secret numbers, like private numbers for Prince Charles and the... I don't know. I really don't know. Betrayal of the NHS nurses. Millionaire Tory Jeremy Hunt refused to give thousands of NHS staff a measly 1% pay rise. The health chief, in line for an 11% rise, snubbed advice by an independent pay review. Labour said it's caviar for Hunt and peanuts for nurses. Nick Ferrari will be talking about that uh, this morning. I'm finding out uh, exactly what you think about it. The Sun on their front page, they're all doing, uh, because it's Cheltenham Gold Cup Day, and so they're offering you a, a free bet at Ladbrokes and all over the place. In fact, that's actually sort of the main story, uh, apart from I Do, which is a play on I Do and a play on the size of the lotto winner, Adrian Bayford, who's getting married again to a stable girl he began romancing six weeks ago. She can't believe her luck. He won, with his wife, £149 million. They have now since split the money down the middle, and so he's ended up with, I should imagine, about £75 million. 74 and point something, which is enough to live very, very comfortably for the rest of your life. They're going to have a James Bond-themed wedding. It's not bad, is it? Uh, he, he's 43, she's 27, the stable girl. He proposed on a trip to the Maldives, and surprisingly, she said yes straight away. I could, I could almost have put my hat on that one, ladies and gentlemen. What was it about the multi-millionaire? Very fat, very overweight. You know, looks like he's a heart attack waiting to happen. 
uh, with £75 million in the bank. It's a fantastic one, isn't it? So that's the front page of The Sun this morning. I'm sure it's happiness and uh, they'll be very happy. Selfies blamed for plastic surgery rise and obsession with selfies is fueling a worrying increase in young people seeking cosmetic surgery. You only have to look at a lot of people who've had cosmetic surgery to realise that in many, many cases it just doesn't work. If you're a man and you decide to have a facelift, they're going to be without putting too fine a point on it, cutting down by the side of your ear and pulling the skin around the back. So you're going to have to shave behind your ear. I wonder whether or not people actually think of these things. I think people think, oh, you know, you have a facelift now. Where, where do you think when they tighten the, the thing up? There's a lot of problems with, uh, with cosmetic surgery. Um, you won't find anybody being recommended because they're mainly private businesses. You can have it done on the NHS, provided it's causing you, you know, some problem within your life. But if it's just done to enhance the size of your breasts, even though we've had a few done before, or your nose. Your nose you could probably get done on the NHS, I should imagine, if you could prove that it caused you uh, depression and hardship over the years. You could probably get it. But people who have tummy tucks and liposuction and things like that, it's not really worth having. And because people have selfies, we'd all like to change something about ourselves. I'd like to be a bit thinner, a little bit taller, but I don't think... You know, in that stakes, so they're ever going to come up with something. I don't fancy lipo. I don't want somebody sticking a giant hoover inside me, thank you very much indeed, and sucking out the fat. It's just not my kind of... Even though I'm going to hospital to have exactly that same thing done, or certainly talked about later on today. So I'll let you know how we get on over the weekend. Uh, the Daily Express, Diana leaked royal secrets. I should imagine she probably did, but as she's dead, you're never going to find out. You're just going to have to take somebody's word for it that she did. But it would be quite easy. I should imagine there's probably loads of things she was privy to within the royal family that she thought, oh, I'm sure people would find this interesting. And she wanted an ally. And she apparently found it in the shape of Clive Goodman. Daily Mail, price war at the checkout. Morrison's, billion pounds off their prices. This is in an effort to put themselves back into profit again. Rivals are now forced to fight back. I don't know why. Why would they? Unless they're really going to be... I can't quite see, because we've had this before within these supermarkets. There will be those people who... I mean, Marks and Spencers will be relatively untouched by this. I should imagine Waitrose will be relatively untouched. Nobody bothers. The people who, who go to Marks and Spencers and Waitrose aren't going to be the sort of people who are going to worry too much about a penny off this or a penny off that, are they? I don't think so. Diana leaked royal phone book to get her revenge on Charles. I'd love to see that phone... Wouldn't you not love to see that phone book? That would be the phone book to have. Cut the higher tax rate for middle earners, according to the front page of the Daily Telegraph. And the Prince's Comfort for Sir David's widow, Prince Charles, was out there at a memorial service for Sir David Frost. Um, I didn't know that they were friendly within the royal family, but I assume they must have been, because he then laid a, a wreath. And uh, it was at Westminster Abbey. Two of their three sons were there, Miles and Wilfred, guests from all over the social uh, spectrum were there. I mean, there was just literally... Everybody. It was a who's who, a veritable who's who. Everybody from Anne Robinson to Michael Parkinson. You can't get better. You can't get cover at this price. <laughs> uh, front page of the um, of the Times today. The ski firm will pay the fines for parents who let children skip school. Do you remember this came in a short while ago? And the ski company here is encouraging parents to take their children on holiday. And they said, we will, we will pay the fine for you. It's obviously that much money in ski holidays now. So parents face a fine of about £60, I think, if you take your child out of school. I never quite understand why they do, but I, I do know of people who do it. Uh, the advert reads, are schools in the UK taking the piste? 
We think so, especially with record snow levels across uh, Morzine. They go online for their special offer. Book a week with children and we will, if you receive a fine from your school or local authority, pay the fine on copy of a receipt from yourselves. Unbelievable, isn't it? You, I mean, you can't, uh, can't make it up, I don't think. Anyway, just about it for this morning. Nick Ferrari and the team with you just after the news at seven. And he will talk about that 14 weeks in jail. Is it sufficient for microwaving a cat? I don't know what sentence would be appropriate. Something not very nice, I should imagine. I'm back on Sunday from five o'clock with my best bits. And, of course, in conversation this week, the fabulous Brian Connolly and Ruby Wax. If you missed any of today's show, you can listen again whenever and wherever you like through our new podcast service. You can download the app now. Nick and the team with you at seven for breakfast. Next, Lisa Aziz with the morning news.